Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, to this issue 61 of the DC Primetime podcast. Um, another interesting week. Three more episodes to talk about. We have this week's episodes of Supergirl, The Flash, and Arrow, as well as the news we're going to bring your way. We are just days away from Injustice 2. God, I can't wait. Which means for some of you, you're really happy that we're not going to just purely be talking about Injustice 2 in the news. So, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but uh, and to this day, I'll still reiterate, we are not getting paid by Warner Brothers Games or any of the other companies. We are just that excited. Yes, we're incredibly excited. Uh, but introductions first, real quick, before we jump back into things from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Kathy Group cast of pods, also on the Next Level Network, I am Rob Martin. And, yeah, man, Tuesday is, uh, or tomorrow, depending on when you guys are listening to this, if you guys listen to this on Monday, like we know some of you do, um, Injustice 2 releases tomorrow on PlayStation, and neither one of us can play it until, like, Thursday, which sucks. I will have it downloaded. I actually got to double check, because I did a digital pre-order, so I got to make sure uh, that the early download has started, so I have to power up my system and make sure it's uh, where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, because I, I know they, they did that with Mass Effect, too. You can download it early, but it doesn't, like, activate mm-hmm. until until the day of, right? Yeah, I mean, and obviously, too, this is on Xbox One. I don't know if they're doing a PC release on this one. I'm not quite sure. I think they did not do that for Injustice 1 or the Injustice Ultimate Edition. Uh, I think there was some problems, too, with MK in uh, on the PC end, too. So uh, that's I'll have to double-check, but we'll, we'll discuss that again next week. And I, I will try my damnedest to get enough game uh, game time in to discuss next next podcast. We'll see if I can uh, – we'll do a tiny little version of our uh, of our review, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I think I'm going to have an opportunity to do it, too. I, I have um... – the physical copy reserved on Amazon, but it's the ultimate. Um, and I, the only reason I did that was because at the time they didn't have a digital pre-reserve. Uh, now that we're just like a couple days away, I may change my, I may cancel my original reserve because Amazon doesn't charge you until it re- the day of release. So I may cancel my original one of the physical copy and go with, because the physical copy doesn't come with anything. It's not like there's a statue or you know a figure or anything that comes with it. Uh, it's just the game. So I may end up canceling my physical copy and uh, re pre um, um, pre-ordering it to the digital just so I know I have it at midnight on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Or I, 3, I think to- it's 3 a.m. actually. Uh, no, midnight, midnight. Uh, usually what it is is East uh, East Coast time, midnight, but everywhere else gets a uh, – if you're on, like, the West Coast, like in Cali area, uh, it unlocks at 9 p.m. So Really? Um, because, that's, that's the way that they usually do it. Because Mass Effect didn't release until 3 a.m. 
Um, it's usually depending on a lot of the publishers, but I know my my countdown is uh, midnight. So midnight uh, Tuesday morning. Okay, so. and that actually makes a lot of sense because I know one of our listeners, and for God for the life of me, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Shad, but if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, um, had told us that there are some GameStops on the West Coast that are doing 9 p.m. releases. Uh, and I, I worked in retail before. I was always under the impression you that is a big no-no. Like, that's illegal. Um you know, because that's one of the reasons why GameStops out here did midnight releases. So I'm, maybe I'm I'm wrong about that, and they can do nine nine p.m. on the West Coast. They can. It's kind of like what happened with the uh, Motion Picture Association of America, where like they used to do like midnight showings, but then a lot of the theater chains were like kind of like uh, we have people now we're paying until like three in the morning because of these movies, and uh, it's it's hell on the uh, the staff. So I think a lot, that's why you now see Thursday night preview nights. Uh, where like you can start seeing the movies at like six o'clock at night, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, that, uh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think it's just the kind of the same thing that's happening. And GameStop is such a big retailer for this. I don't think you're going to see this at stuff like places like Walmart or anything. But I think GameStop has got enough close relationship with uh, with the publishers to be able to do stuff like this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So, but yeah, looking forward to it, man. Couple days away. Um. Oh God, I hope it lives up to the expectations. <laughs> yep. Well, like I said, we'll uh, talk near the end of the show. I am playing the mobile game uh, that unlocked on the 11th if you're on Android, and I think it was the 10th if you're on uh, iOS. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll touch base on that just a little bit. I only have a chance to do a couple fights in it, but it, it gives you uh, an idea of what's to come. Is it a free app? It is a free – well, it's a freemium app, so it's free to download, free to play. Uh, there's lots of microtransactions to get you to spend money, but there's – I, I, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. I so. am actually downloading it to my phone as we speak. Cool. Because I didn't know it was out, and it is now downloading. So I will have well, it. Well, we'll tie into our uh, our little our last Injustice news story we have for the time being until the second round of DLC characters is announced. But uh, we can t- discuss the mobile app because there's some ties to it that you may want to play that game. So Yeah. Um cool. This is kind of off the topic, but since we're on the topic of gaming and everything, I'll ask you this question real quick, just because I'm looking at a list of games now that Amazon has. Um, And I'd be curious to know what any of our other listeners, because again, from time to time, we break away from the DC universe to talk about things. And um, are are there any other games coming out this year that you are just as highly anticipated as Injustice 2? Um, I I, I have I, I, I have two. I think I'm uh, after Injustice Two. I think there's nothing else on my nearby radar, with the exception of Mario Odyssey. I think at this point, that's oh. that's I think my other big one. Um, I think it's because we're so close to E3. I'm not. I really don't have anything else. We got kind of like slammed with like big, huge releases from like February till now. So I think it's. I'm still trying to like catch my breath and play games that I've bought, where I've gotten like two, three hours in, and that's it. So. Yeah, I I have two, and I don't even know if they're 2017. They might be 2018, to be honest. And actually, I have three because I forgot about Super Mario Odyssey. Um, but I'm all, the other two games I'm also looking forward to, and they might be 2018, like I said. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. That is this year. I almost forgot about that one. Uh, yeah, so that that's one. Um, and South Park, uh, South Park: The Fractured But Whole mm-hmm. is the other one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, one of mine is there's a lot of rumblings that uh, the um Spider-Man game that uh, Insomniac Games is doing exclusively for PlayStation is going to hit this year, and uh, I'm really curious to see if that is the case because that would be kind of amazing. So, 
yeah. wait and see. Yeah. Because they did such an awesome job with, I think, you know, the best way to put it, it was a superhero game, which was infamous. So um, I'm really curious to see what they could do with that. So Yeah, I still have to play Infamous, too. I have mm. it, and I haven't played it yet. Totally. So, let's talk about the shows. Yeah, um, let's do that. Let's, uh, we'll go into the bullet point section of the podcast where we give each of the shows our rankings of the week, that being Sidekick Hero or Legend, uh, and some definite improvements from last week. We were, we were kind of harsh last week. Uh, rightfully so, I think. I really do think that was, uh, again, we, we talked about, you know, we gave a lot of shows free passes time and time again. Um, now is not the time to do that anymore. We, we've been doing this show for a while. Every episode cannot be a legend. So um, if if it sucks, we're going to tell you it sucks. If yeah. it's just in the middle of the road, it's going to be that. And if it wows us, it's going to deserve that legend. But that legend's getting harder to acquire nowadays. Yeah, so. I mean, and, you know, again, these are all just matters of opinions for, for Rob and I. Even Rob and I are not always in agreement on, you know, how we feel about shows. However... Uh, and, you know, we did get some feedback from listeners last week about some that agreed with us on some of them and disagreed with us on others. So uh, that's one of the reasons why we do this. And that's one of the reasons why we encourage you guys to to uh, to comment and to be a part of the community, because we want to know what your opinion is. We don't want you to just have to listen to ours and be stuck with it. We, we want to know mm-hmm. what you think, too. Yeah, um, and we always respond. I don't think there's a single message we've never responded to or at least liked or something. So, uh, yeah. Like may, I said, it share may take, your opinion. It may take us some time to get back occasionally because, you know, we do have lives outside of this. So uh, we get tied up from time to time. But, yeah, I think we almost always at least, like, like a comment or respond to it and and such. And if there's one we're missing, uh, we apologize. Yeah, my favorite, actually, I got to say, too, just was uh, Anne uh, actually was talking a little bit this week about Arrow and our thought process uh, the last couple weeks. And uh, she uh, commented that. Ollie's first real love and relationship in the show is Diggle. And then we back and forth joked. I was like, so would it be Oliver Diggle or John Queen? And she's like, <laughs> all, you know, it would be uh, John Diggle Queen. So, <laughs> I, um, so it was a nice, nice little amusement moment. And it was a lot of fun going back and forth with Anne. So. Yeah, Anne, Anne is a lot of fun. I've actually met Anne a couple times. She is the creator of um, of a group on Facebook called the Arrow Crew. And there's a lot of people in that group, myself included, and Adam from the showcast and his wife. Uh, I've met a lot of people from that group at FanFest cons and things like that. They're a great group of people. They talk a lot about Arrow and they're all huge fans of Steven. And I don't think there's a good majority of the people that I've met that Steven, I'll, I'll say, it, I'll put it to you like this. Steven knows about the Arrow crew. Um, that's how they are with Steven and he's really awesome with them. And, uh, as of today, we're recording this on Sunday, so she's not going to hear this until tomorrow. Um, so I will say it this way. Happy belated birthday to Anne because today is actually Anne's birthday. So um, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Anne. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, she'll be hearing this tomorrow, so it'll be a happy belated. But yeah, so uh, happy birthday to Anne. And, um, uh, you know, we hope it's a it's a great day for her. But yeah, Anne, yeah, Anne is great. Uh, I've met her a couple times. She's very passionate about Arrow, but she's a fan of all the other DC shows, too. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I, I love seeing communities build around these shows that like generally just have a love for the characters, the stories they tell. It's why we do this. So uh, it's just one of those things that it's great to have a passionate fan base because, you know what, with that and ones that are outspoken, too, because the creators do pay attention to those groups, whether it's uh, good comments or bad comments, because they help kind of shape and mold um, what 
fans enjoy about these shows. It, it, it sometimes changes trajectories, sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. But you know what? The fact that they aren't always actively listening, it's a good part to be, you know, in these communities. So it's it's a really great, powerful thing. So uh, make sure if you if you uh, have that kind of love for these shows, you know, try to join those groups. You know, jump into our uh, our areas, go listen to other shows like uh, Bats and Bows that Paul does. You know, it's it's a really fun way to keep keep yourself involved. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And a good prime example of how these, uh, you know, these producers and these companies that produce these shows actually listen. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, it's been a bloodbath lately about shows getting canceled. And we have one in particular we'll talk about a little bit later in the news uh, that relates to us. But um, NBC canceled the show Timeless uh, after its first season. And it's very unprecedented. It's very unheard of. But the, the fandom for Timeless all like pretty much in one voice let out a huge like what um and nbc renewed it after that like they like within two days of canceling the show they renewed it for a second season because of the outcry of the fans so it was like gallivant you know oh my god yeah and everybody's still really sad that gallivant's not coming back it looks like but still well i don't know i don't know if you remember a show called jericho with mm-hmm. Skeet Ulrich, but Skeet Ulrich, um, Jericho did the same thing. Jericho had a fan, and I was one of the fans that did this. Um, Jericho had a f- huge fandom for its first season, and they ended the first season in like this huge cliffhanger. But there was this underlying story throughout the entire series about how, um, about one town that was battling another as a, a um, a declaration of war ended up sending this other town like ton like a ton of peanuts uh in the words of saying like that's nuts or something like that so when nbc canceled or it might have been cbs actually when cbs canceled jericho the fans sent cbs peanuts and <laughs> cbs ended up getting i think it was close to like 15 tons of peanuts sent to them by the fans so much so to the point where cbs stepped back and said all right you know what we're giving you six more episodes to to wrap up this story since we ended it on a cliffhanger we'll give you the ending you guys want and so i mean between timeless and jericho and and gallivant and all these other shows if you're passionate about a show whether it's these dc shows or anything get involved because absolutely they listen they believe it or not sometimes it seems like they don't some of these shows they do they listen they listen to the fans yeah uh you know what i'm just gonna say this now too because uh, we're already <laughs> off, off i know off just, the rails just keep going uh, so after after we wrap the three three show discussion up can we talk guardians oh, yeah, for a oh second or two? yes yes we can we can okay because okay. we haven't Cause I, yet. I, I i saw it on friday night and, good uh, Okay. Um, I I was going to ask you last week, but I had a feeling you were coming back from Steampunk World Fair. You hadn't seen it yet. So. Yep, yep, yep. So let's we'll 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 do a quick sideline, like same kind of way that we did Logan. It's just a quick discussion. Um, But yeah, nothing major. I just want to. I need to touch base on it. (laughs) It's it's fine. Okay. Absolutely fine. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. To Supergirl. Supergirl. Let's let's, let's get Um, our ratings in. um, Starting off, Supergirl season two, episode twenty. Sidekick, hero, or legend? Hero. High hero, but a hero. Uh, great last couple minutes, kind of a middling rest of it. So, uh, I'm in agreement. I, um, 
I think we're in a little bit of a disagreement on one thing in particular, but we'll talk about that when we when we break down the show in a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, I'm giving it a high hero as well. Uh, I, okay. I thought it was definitely an improvement from last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flash, Season 3, Episode 21, Sidekick Hero or Legend? I'm giving this one a legend. It was. It felt like kind of a throwaway episode, but it really wasn't, and it was kind of great to see a very happy Barry. It's been a long time. Uh, uh, yep. Loved it. Yep, agreement. Uh, I am uh, giving this one a legend as well. I think we're across the board on everything. Um, and finally, we have uh, Arrow, Season 5, Episode 21, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? I am going to give this a legend. I think it's on the lower tier of the legend, but it still deserved the legend. Agreed. Uh, I'm giving this one a legend as well. I thought this uh, this episode had a lot to it, and I was... Um, really pleased in in the way this episode wrapped up so because it still leaves some questions for the last two episodes uh let's jump back to supergirl and do the breakdowns of the episode of course supergirl season two episode 20 titled city of lost children national city is attacked by a florian a a normally peaceful race with telekinetic abilities so obviously a very guardian centric episode um, but the positive note is that is it tied into the main plot. Finally, we're getting, we're finally within like two episodes left. We're, we're finally getting to find out what the plot of this season is. Like we're, we're now knowing, um, what the, what the end game is for all of this. And cause up until now we had no idea what this was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what, like I said, our answer now, I think as far as Cadmus's involvement, no Cadmus involvement. Um, I think that they are just going to be sticking around, and we'll see them, I'm sure, I, I, I would assume, next season. So, Yeah. Um, let's start with the Guardian part, though, because um, I think okay. you I think you and I are kind of in a little bit of – I don't know if we're in disagreement about this or not, but um, I, I actually really liked it. I liked what they did with Jimmy, and I know I'm looking at IGN's um, – review of of the episode two uh and you know the the opening line of the review is if there's any character that deserves to be completely cut out of the equation in supergirl's second season it's james olsen i disagree with that completely um i thought while the main story while the main story of this episode which was very guardian centric at least you know was kind of a throwaway and something they could have done earlier and i kind of think that we this episode might have benefited a little earlier the, at least the main storyline with the Florians and James happening, if it happened earlier in the season, it could have been more powerful. But I see why they waited until now, because it actually does tie into the main endgame of the season. Um, so I understand why it was held off, and I don't fault them for that now. Uh, but I I don't, I, I disagree with that, uh, cutting him out, because this is very important to him. And I think this is actually... It was in the very beginning of the episode when he was talking about how, you know, people are just scared of Guardian and they don't see him as a beacon like they do Supergirl and they do Superman. Um, I think this is the start. This is the first step to the Guardian we know and to the Guardian that we're expecting. Yes. The moment I heard him started talking about how people are afraid of Guardian and they don't see him in that, I immediately thought, you need a change in color scheme. And that could be because the gray is very dark and it's very brooding. So I can understand why people are afraid of that. But you change the color of the suit to the blue and gold that we know. 
And you have somebody now who people are not going to be as afraid of. I think this episode is the first step to the Guardian that we know, possibly in season three, if not by the end of season two. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I really do think that's the case. I think they are kind of setting that up. Um, but I think it was it was a touching story. I think my biggest part uh, problem with it was it, it felt like it dragged just a little too long. Uh, some of the sequences where I think I would have liked to have seen uh, the the what the dynamic that was happening between Rhea and Lena a little bit more this episode. I mean, like we did get a nice little you know chunk of it in this episode, but. I think it could have benefited from what was happening there just a little bit longer. Same thing with uh, the relationship between Monel and Rhea that we got to see a little bit this episode, too. Um, and I really didn't buy uh, Terry Hatcher as much this episode. Uh, when she was talking to Monel as far as what happened to, you know, his father and all this, that just felt a little ham-fisted, a little bit shoved down your throat really quickly. Like, okay, and let's get to the destruction at the end of the episode. Um, that's the only thing I really got to give it some dings for, but I did like the James story. I did think it was good. It was one of those ones I would have loved to have seen, I think, a little earlier in the season, not this close to the end, because it feels like we're now, we, we are absolutely fire, firing on all cylinders going forward. Um, but I think this this storyline could have benefited from a couple more episodes. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty clear now at this point that that Terry Hatcher um, is is the big bad of the season. She is the one that is the mastermind behind the plan of getting, um, you know, the rest of these uh, these people over through the portal. And I don't know what it is. I, I I'm not buying her as a big bad. Um, I, I see mm -hmm. her more as somebody from like um, Desperate Housewives who's trying to be a big bad. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunately I think how she's coming across. Um, which is a shame because I do like Terry Hatcher and then, like you, when you see her in the show, your brain just goes back to the Lois and Clark adventures and all this. So, and I'm kind of disappointed that Cadmus isn't around because I wanted to see Dean Kane in her on screen for at least just a second, just yeah. a second. Yeah, and, and um, you know what though? I don't think that's still yet out of the realm of possibility. Um, I, I haven't seen, I haven't looked ahead to see if Dean Kane is is supposed to be in any new episodes, you know, the, any of these final two episodes. But let's not forget, I mean, Cadmus is still out there. Dean, uh, you know, Jeremiah Danvers is still out there. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility of seeing the two on screen, um, especially if this season ends with Rhea being captured over returned to where she's from. Um you know, there could be of there there could be something where they they set up another possible plot for season three in that Cadmus is instead of you know uh, you know Kara and the rest of the DEO are led to believe that Rhea is returned home, but in in essence, the truth of the matter is that Cadmus has her because mm -hmm. she is another alien that they could research. So um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility yet. And even if it doesn't happen this season, there's always next season. Yeah, that's very true. Depending on how it ends. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they still found a way to shoehorn Cadmus into the the end of this because it's an alien that's trying to take things down, and this is a reason for Cadmus to come back out of hiding and say, "This is why we need to be here." Um, so, I mean, I I could really see that as them being a large catalyst for next season, uh, and maybe kind of even again creeping into the the picture at the very end of this season as well. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, no Maggie this episode, which uh, I think is a first for a while. Uh, I think that's okay, though, because we did get a good Maggie-Alex-centric uh, episode the week before this. So this felt like giving everybody else their final chances to shine before the plot 
is going to take over everything. Uh, which, I mean, we're definitely getting two episodes of a very, very big finale. Um, I think that's – this did work, uh, especially the way that they ended this this whole idea of creating a new Daxum on Earth. And, uh, I mean, just seeing that portal open up at the end and it's just hundreds and hundreds of Daxamite ships coming in, getting ready to overclaim, you know, National City. I think that is – that was a great, like, holy crap, they are kind of screwed. Like, think about a whole bunch of, like, basically, like – Super uh, Superman leveled, you know, villains running around the city now. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But I kind of wish they would have had about three or four episodes to play with that. Uh, I'm looking ahead at some of the the, the future episodes, and this coming Monday, uh, we will see Lily and Luther return. So, um, there is going to be a uh, a Cadmus reference this week. I don't know in which sense. Um, but in return to that, something else that we also know is that we are going to see Cat Grant return next week, mm-hmm. uh, and rightfully so after what happened to her building. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I go on sabbatical for a couple months, and this is what you do. And Jesus you, Christ! And you know what? I think that's probably how they're going to bring her back. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not lying. I mean, I'm joking and I'm laughing about it, but I legitimately think that's that's the reason she's going to come back. I think she's going to come back because her building is practically destroyed, um, and. They're going to find a way to melt her into the plot to keep her around for the final two episodes, and I think that's I, I think that's a good play. Yeah, I think I, I think the way that they're setting this up, the reason for Superman to be here, the reason for Cat Grant to be here, all of it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and we understand now too why Clark is going to be, you know, and Superman is going to be returning because this is a large job. I mean, like you said, you you see all these Daxamite ships coming out, and your first reaction is, "Oh shit!" Like, how? Wh- what the hell do you do with this? I mean, you, you're basically talking about uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of Reyes and Monels now, who are all in equal of strength to Kara. Mm-hmm. So, like, this isn't just a you know Kara taking on the invaders where. Um, you know, where she can take on a bunch of them at one time. Like, these are people equal to her in strength. So, uh, and probably more qualified or not more trained than Kara is. Because Kara, let's not forget, Kara's still new as a superhero. She's not, she hasn't been around the block like Superman. Like, she's still learning. Mm -hmm. So, you throw somebody who's relatively still a rookie in against pros, thousands of pros, you're going to need help. So I, I totally understand why Superman is returning now. Yeah, yeah. I, this this all makes sense. And the question is now, too, uh, I think there were some pictures floating around of Supergirl and Superman squaring off. Yeah, so, I, I said that last week. Yeah, yeah. You you brought that up, and it makes you wonder if Cadmus did something to Superman. So uh, be if, interesting. If, if Superman or Supergirl. I mean, uh, there's mm-hmm. – I don't see why – I think it would make more sense that it be Superman that they did something to. Um but, uh, yeah, it's um, – I'm in now. I mean, we were talking last week about how uh, we didn't know where they were going, and now I'm um, – I'm, now I'm invested after the way this episode ended, and now I'm really looking forward to the way these last two episodes are going to play out. Absolutely. So um, anything else in this episode? I mean, it was pretty much just very Guardian-centric with a little bit of background with Rhea and, and uh, Lena. Um and we kind of covered both. Is there anything else in this episode we're kind of forgetting? Uh, you know, the only thing I would say, too, I was a little disappointed about in this one was uh, how easy it seemed to be to dupe Lena. Like, 
you know, somebody that's a scientist and she's like, I'm building this giant thing. What's the reason why? Uh, they never felt like they really touched upon that in a great giant big way. Because, uh, you know, it's like, hey, you're making a portal to where? <laughs> to what? For the reasons why? Um, it, it, it's all that stuff that just didn't ever feel like it clicked. And it felt like she was so easily duped in this. Yeah. But she feels like such a smart character. And for her to do that kind of felt a little out of character from what we've seen of her so far. Well, so. I mean, I mean, it's okay because I'm reading in the finale that she's going to be picked up by a pterodactyl and eaten by a megalodon. So It's okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's a wrong reference. Um, I just watched Jurassic World earlier this week. So I watched it too. So. <laughs> it's, it's fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, looking ahead, as I mentioned, next week we're going to see episode Resist. It's the, the, the penultimate episode of the season. Um, we're going to see James Olsen as Guardian, hopefully, because I'm, now I'm invested in Guardian even more so than I was before. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Uh, Callista Flockhart's going to be returning as Cat Grant. <clears throat> Excuse me, Brenda Strong as Lillian Luther and um, Linda Carter as President Olivia Marsden. So I'm still curious as to where her alliances lie because um, we did find out a couple weeks ago that she is an alien. The president is an alien, so I don't know. Um, it's going to be f- interesting to see what how she plays into all of this as well. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> I, I have no clue. Like I said. They've got some heavy lifting to do in the next two episodes. I hope they can pull it off, though. I really do. I do, too. So uh, let's move on, then, to The Flash Season 3, Episode 21, titled Cause and Effect. Uh, Barry takes desperate measures to stop Savitar, while HR keeps pressuring Tracy Brand to set up a trap uh, set up uh, a trap for Savitar, and Killer Frost has an interesting proposal. Um, I want to start this discussion off by saying it is the time. It is the the Time Force uh, cannon. No, the Time Force bazooka. No, the Time Force gun. Speed Force or Speed. speed oh yes, yeah, Speed Force. Jesus Christ. Speed Force bazooka. Speed Force bazooka. <laughs> oh, why am I saying Time Force? I'm thinking Power Rangers. Oh, <laughs> Power Rangers Time Force. <laughs> Uh, no, Speed Force. Uh, no, no, Speed Force Bazooka sounds good. Um, finally, I, it, it only took, two, it only, I'm saying finally, it only took two episodes for HR and Tracy to hook up. Mm-hmm. We, but we knew that was coming. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and they, they, I love the fact that their discussion of what makes them, uh, calm down the most is an obscene amount of caffeine. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Obscene amount of caffeine calms them down. Um, but let's start with the big thing, <clears throat> excuse me, from the very beginning of the episode. This, <clears throat> I didn't see this. I didn't predict this for some reason. I, I could have very easily done it. Um, this is not, in essence, the Barry of the future. Uh, it's in the purest form. This is, Savitar is, in fact, a time remnant of Barry. That was not something I thought of. Yeah, that was uh, – I forget if we did touch on that, that we were saying, you know, this could probably be a time remnant. I think there's a part of me that's thinking we did. I, I could be totally wrong about this. Either that or it was just something rattling around my brain. I'm like, time remnant? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah, time remnant. And I love the idea that the handy-dandy whiteboard came back into effect to explain all this. And that's basically he's just stunk – like, not stunk. <laughs> stuck in an infinite loop, um, which I thought kind of was a cool way to do this. The only thing I did not buy, though – was the fact that he was still around and then Team Flash just kind of shunned him. That does not feel... That kind of felt like the MacGuffin to make him make him still exist. Because I would never buy that from Team Flash. That, well, he's not really the Flash. He's just there and expendable. I, I don't buy that from Joe, Iris, Barry, 
you know, Jillian, anybody. Like, I, I do not buy that that version of the story. So, no, I, I that, agree with I agree with that too. That's that's very out of character for that team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's very out of character. So I don't I didn't. That was very tough for me to buy as well. Um, it, it's very curious because you know it did it was touched upon that he does have the scars on his face, so we don't know how those scars happened. Um, and I'd be very curious to see whether maybe they came from actually from the battle with Savitar, which in essence would be a battle with himself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, who knows? I, I'm really kind of curious. It feels like they still have a fair amount of explanation they need to do still with the time remnant. Uh, it, it works. I, I do think, though, that some of the backstory is a little BS. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, still a good villain. I, I still love the fact that they were fighting with how do they stop this character from knowing everything they need to know because everything that they're doing is causing him to have the knowledge of what they need to do to stop him. So I, I think that worked. I think that actual end of the spectrum did work. And I love the idea that I was, that Cisco puts it best. I have a great, one of the greatest ideas ever or one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, no matter what, it's still an idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, that brings us to kind of the big point of the story is uh, they try to keep Barry from making new memories, which will make sure that Savitar doesn't have new memories. And what do you know? Emmy. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, you know, um, which I kind of I liked what they did with it because it led to a let's let's be honest about this. And IGN's review of the of the show actually touches base on this, too. The past couple episodes, because of Iris's death and, and you know, finding out that Savitar actually is Barry or a form of Barry. Um, these episodes have been kind of dark. And this was a very good way to continue in with the main storyline, but bring a more lighthearted touch to it. Um, and make it more fun again, because uh, if you keep shows like The Flash, Arrow, the darkness works. Um, you can you can go on a long period of stretch, a long stretch, and period of time keeping things you know very dark in story. But Flash is something that's a little bit different, and um, you know it, it has a different more it has a different personality to it. So you need to lighten things up from time to time, and that's exactly what this episode did. Yeah, it, it did a wonderful job. It was great to see. Grant gets to play two characters again. We got to see it a couple weeks ago with the Once in Future Flash. Now we got to see it again this week, and he does a great job of playing a villain. Like he, I really bought his portrayal. He really does. Really, he he really had it down. His cadence, everything about him, the way he carried himself, and even the the, the tone of his voice. It was really fun to watch, and I love the fact that they got a chance to do that with him. Um, one of the things, though, I kind of chuckle a little bit about thinking was I think after season two wrapped up when they were talking about season three, so we're going to do Flashpoint, you know, but the grand scheme of things is, you know, season two is fairly dark. Season three is going to be much more lighthearted. And they're like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this season has been nothing but dark, 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 with the exception of the musical episode. And I think this one, for the most part, this has been a very dark season. Um but you know what, though? It's been fun to watch, and I think that's going to give us a nice big tonal shift before we hit next season. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Um, I, I have to break um, – I've been holding back a laugh for this. Um, I just read something online, and it just popped up in my in my Facebook feed. Um, so it, it's kind of a break away from uh, The Flash, but it, it focuses more on uh, Gotham and FanFest. Uh, James Frazier, who is the guy that created FanFest and all these, you know, these conventions that they go to <clears> – <throat> 
they're coming heroes and villains is coming to london uh i think in about two or three weeks and tickets just went on sale and for the first time ever in fanfest history they sold out that every ticket to this event has sold out and james being the guy that he is posted on twitter a picture of david mazo uh from gotham and said tickets are gone like bruce wayne's parents (laughs) <laughs> so a horrible pun oh, but, horrible, um, but kind of funny it was it was pretty damn funny and I, I it took everything i had to not laugh out loud when i read that as we were talking about the flash so sorry for breaking away from that for a second but um i i, I wanted to bring that up Quite uh, okay. yeah okay. so uh well i gotta get to my line of the week because it actually happens relatively early on in this episode uh so it's that quick moment when barry wakes up after they block his memories and he realizes he has forgotten everything um when he's just like who are you people who am i and looks at his id and he's like bartholomew henry allen he's like that's a horrible name he's like just call me bart yeah yeah bart bart works and everybody's like yeah bart bart's a good name yeah um but i love the fact that that was tossed in there just again nice little nod to bart allen uh you know uh the future kid flash impulse you know yeah, it, so it, it, super cool. Yeah, and I absolutely loved having the Bart Allen reference in here too. Um, um, that was originally my line of the week, but I changed mine to something from Arrow, so I'll, I'll mention mine coming up um, a little bit later on. I think something else that we need to talk about too is I, one of the things that kind of confused me a little bit, and it's mainly because of this whole um, uh, um. I, God, I'm, I'm losing my words. The main plot of the main idea of cutting off Barry's memories to prevent Savitar from knowing their plan. Wouldn't that, in essence, kind of prevent him from becoming Savitar? That's what I thought, too. That, again, another kind of hole in the logic. But you know what? For the sake of the show, we kind of have to look past it a little bit because yeah, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. do a couple solid things here. I mean, like. We did see the idea that when he lost his memories and Savitar still around, it's kind of like the idea of the time remnants. The time remnants were never really explained very well, like how some of them still continue to exist. They kind of glossed over that. And I think, you know, we, you know, when you see the stuff with reverse flash, I'm like, how does this work? I was like, this doesn't make sense, but sure, I'll buy it. Um, I mean, even kind of Barry, you know, evil Barry, uh, time remnant Barry, however we want to refer to him as, um, kind of makes the you know statement is like the more and more that you break the rules of time travel the less the rules apply to you and i guess that's kind of how we're gonna have to view this it's it's like you know he makes a comment he's like you know look at what happened with eddie you know like eddie killed himself but you know what reverse flash is still turning around somewhere um and it's very true i mean it's you can't get rid of some of these characters because they're so great um you know, and you hope that Reverse Flash is still kicking around somewhere at some point in time. So, well, it, I mean, it's I guess the same idea with the time remnants. Well, that so. was something else that I had thought about too. Is you know, uh, since everything with Reverse Flash, um, oh, never mind. I just realized my my own question. Um, I was going to say, does Barry know that Reverse Flash is still out there? But yeah, we had a whole. Um, but that was Flashpoint, though. Does Barry? But so I don't know. Does Barry know that Reverse Flash, in essence, is still out there? Did he know that before Savitar told him? Because no, the only not really. because the only time he ever interacted with Reverse Flash since Eddie, you know, sacrificing himself was during Flashpoint. So it could be explained during that. Um, but other than Flashpoint, when Flashpoint was corrected, Barry has had no interaction with with Reverse Flash. So he really wouldn't know that Reverse Flash was still out there. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's not like they've spoken to the Legends recently, so who knows. But I did love, you know what, we had this nice tie back to uh, everything was uh, early on again in this episode. It's, you know, Cisco even brings up, so we, we got the message uh, from the future, from the Legends, about you can't trust Barry. It's, hey, it's Savitar that they're talking about, which was a great tie back to Legends of Tomorrow. And I think something you mentioned last week, too, wasn't it? I think you brought uh, that up last week that that we were probably going to know about that the message from Legends was in regards to Savitar. I totally don't remember, oh. <laughs> so my brain was not really functioning last <laughs> the last episode. That was just kind of like, uh, yeah, we have to record. Crap, I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it was really great that they did bring that idea back up. But like again, the moment that Barry loses his memory. Savitar doesn't know who he is anymore, too, which was a great connection to this. But in addition to that, Wally loses his speed. It's that cause and effect. I love that they actually did that. Yeah. Um, you know, like, now Wally has no reason to have his powers if Savitar never went back to the past. So, uh, but it was really interesting to see how all of that plays out. But, I mean, it, you know, it was kind of cool to see them call upon Caitlin slash Killer Frost to uh, help alleviate the problem well actually she came i was to gonna say she came to them they didn't call on her yeah but i mean i loved uh, honestly i think some of my favorite sequences though was cisco trying to get her to remember the person that she is uh they were some really kind of great touching moments so which leads me to a question then i, I want to know what your opinion on this is um you know obviously in one of the final moments that we see killer frost uh, in the episode we kind of see her revert back to Caitlyn for a second. Her eyes are – the iciness in her eyes goes away. She has human eyes again, and then she goes right back. So obviously there's something getting through to her, um, which very interestingly leads us you know, kind of away from the predictions we've been making is if Caitlyn's going to stay evil or is she going to sacrifice herself. And now that feet, little sec, one-second moment – kind of leads you in another direction now it kind of to leads you to believe more towards the sacrifice than the evil um which might not necessarily be the case this is my question to you though um is we had those moments with cisco trying to break through to caitlin and remind her who she is but we also had a huge moment in julian admitting that he loves her mm -hmm. uh, between these two moments which one do you think is the breakthrough is the one that's I, kind of getting through to her? Or do you think it's a combination of both? I think it's the combination of both. I really do. Um, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. We have heard already from Daniel Panabaker and some of the EPs on the show that Caitlyn's going to be Killer Frost for a very long time. Um, doesn't, or at least going to be a meta. So the question is, does she stay Killer Frost or does she do the face turn like uh, that we've seen in the comics? Because she's part of one of the Justice League teams. Where she's just Frost, not Killer Frost anymore. So uh, it's a big question on how this is all going to play out. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to work. But you know what? Uh, I'm along for the ride regardless of what they do. So Yeah, me too. And and whether she becomes Frost and joins the team or she stays Killer Frost and uh, joins the Rogues, uh, I'm on board either way. I'm I'm mm -hmm. actually really enjoying her in this character. I'm I'm um, I've loved her character as of yet so far through you know through these first three seasons, but um, it's it kind of goes along with the whole um, Tom Cavanaugh playing different versions of HR and uh, or you know of Harrison Wells and being able to be completely different characters every time he does it. Uh, this is something different for her as well, um, and we're almost we're experiencing that with Grant right now too. Is that Grant is getting to play two different versions of the character, so. These past couple episodes, and this season in particular, has really shown 
um, the acting chops of this cast. And yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a single character we haven't seen play double duty in one way, shape, or form yet. Um, well, I, I, I would I, think Joe or Iris. We we really well, haven't no, we seen. did see. We saw an Earth Two version of Joe and Iris too. Remember last season? So on the Welcome to Earth. 2 Oh episode. yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, we got to see everybody really do something a little bit different. And, you know, we got to see Wally. Um, in addition to that, as uh, the Flash of uh, Flashpoint. So where he was, uh, you know, it was prior to us seeing him actually in Earth One, or you know, however you want to view it as the current kid Flash, but. He was just the Flash. And then we saw him in the 2024 v- uh, version of being catatonic and all this. So uh, we, everybody's got a chance to kind of flex their, their acting ability a little bit. So Yeah. Um, I think one of the other things that we, we have to kind of bring up, and this could potentially lead to next season as well, uh, we got a one-off villain uh, that is a good replacement for Heatwave. Heatmonger. Uh, we yep. got Heatmonger. Mm-hmm. So that was... Um, that was kind of cool. I mean, and if it, it kind of could lead towards the rogues next season, and that if uh, you know Heat with Heatwave, um, you know, with Mick staying with the Legends, he could be potentially a good replacement um, for him with the rogues. Yeah, yeah, that that totally could work, um, especially so with Snart returning. Yeah, because they still have to explain that one. Uh, I'm very curious on how that's going to play out next week. Yeah. So yeah, uh, there's there was a lot of fun, and I got to say too. Probably one of my favorite moments of this episode was the courtroom scene. Yes, <laughs> which was them just sending you know messages to Barry with the, the uh, glasses, and then Julian using the emoji at the yeah, end. And smiley and face. Barry says smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was absolutely fantastic when they did that. And you can tell it's a high accelerated uh, accelerant fire because uh, the flames were very yellow. yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of my favorite lines from this episode. So. Yeah. Um, so leading into looking into next week's episode, obviously we got the stinger at the end of this week with King Shark. We're going to be returning next week. Uh, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing him. I, I don't know in what essence, though, because I know he's protecting some kind of power source, but I at Argus, <laughs> at, I was going to say at Argus because I thought he was at Argus. So he is. He absolutely is because we did see in that trailer for next week. Uh, Lila is in the episode, so uh, we definitely know that they're basically using King Shark basically as a guard dog for a, a very strong power source. Uh, they have him captured, but I guess that's probably one way they're keeping things uh, in check. Yeah, so, uh, and as you mentioned earlier, we are going to see Wentworth Miller return as uh, Leonard Snart and Captain Cold next week. So mm-hmm. I can't wait because I love that character so much, and I'm, I do too. I'm really looking forward to him. Uh, returning next week, and hopefully it's for um, a while. Uh, I don't see him listed in the cast for the finale, but hopefully he's going to be... We'll see him again next season. Well, my guess is Barry has to run to the future at some point to to grab him uh, and say, hey, I know you died, so at some point the arrangement between us is I have to take you back to that timeline. You You mean the past then? The past or somewhere into the future before Leonard dies. Uh, that's so, true. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's the question of how they, they pull him out of the time stream somewhere. So, but I mean, it's the great thing is he can continue to return as many times as they want because of time travel. So, yeah, pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, oh God, it's going to be fun. I, I'm, I, I can't wait to see how this season wraps up. Yeah. Uh, let's talk the last show of the week. 
Uh, that being Arrow, Season 5, Episode 21, titled Honor Thy Fathers. Oliver faces the forced release of criminals prosecuted by Adrian Chase while a crate is delivered to Oliver's office containing a corpse in concrete. Um, first things first, uh, I, I know this is a television show, but um, Oliver as mayor would have been tackled before they allowed him to go back to a crate that they're waiting for the bomb squad. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That would not have happened in real life. I know it's a TV show, uh, and I know they're trying to kind of like promote him as the badass that he is, uh, even as mayor. That would not have happened in real life. They would have detained him before he even got to that crate uh, for the safety of everyone around, not just himself. In addition to that, they wouldn't have brought it to his office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another thing I thought of, too. This is a crate full of concrete. How much does this thing weigh? It's not, it's not going to go on a normal elevator. I know we're, the show is out of reality and we're basically focusing reality on this. But unless you have a freight elevator, which let's face it, in a mayor's office probably doesn't exist, you're not getting this thing upstairs to this office. And even if you could, why would you take it there? <laughs> you leave it out front or in the lobby where they delivered it or in the back in the service entrance in the back because that's where the dogs went crazy if the dogs smelled this thing and went nuts your first reaction is let's take it to the mayor's office yeah that's come on <sighs> it's all good it's still fun though yeah again yeah, that hard. that didn't take anything away from the episode it was just a chuckle that we had not to. at all not at all uh, so. so let's get to the big thing this week. Uh, so we get the return of Thea Queen. So that was uh, that was great to see uh, Willa Holland join uh, join back up with the cast. I'm sure we're going to get her in the final three episodes too. So, but it was great final, to see final her two. return. Yeah, you said, oh yeah, final, final two, final final two. So, but yeah, it was great to see her uh, come back to the show this week. Her her absence has been very noticed, I think. Uh, but I think this was the perfect timing with everything that's going in. Uh, but I love the little idea in this mystery of uh, that Robert Queen was a killer before the, you know, acts that happened at the island. I, I really think the fact that he was already on this path of kind of becoming this vigilante before Oliver took over for him. So I think that was kind of a really kind of interesting father-son dynamic that you're seeing between the two of them. So Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And I know that um... – I, it, you, you said the big thing this week is with, you know, was seeing Thea return, and I agree with that as well. Um, but I think another big thing this week is seeing Oliver don the arrow suit again. We haven't seen this for a couple weeks um, because he just felt like that this wasn't something that needed to be done. And now, with everything that's going on, and and apparently, a, a, you know, some words of encouragement from Felicity, we see him put the suit back on again. Yeah, uh, it feels like that could have used a little bit more pomp and circumstance of, of him kind of, you know, like even a classic superhero suit-up moment of him putting that back on instead of just kind of like, boom. I think even IGN said that, too, in the review. But I thought that was kind of, hey, look, he's putting on the suit, you know. Yeah, he just yeah. shows up in a scene wearing it. I'm like, it definitely felt like it, it needed a you know a little bit more build-up of that moment happening. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um you know, I mean, and we got the flashbacks returning this week with Oliver returning to the island. But again, with only three episodes left in this and knowing that this these episodes are going to be wrapping up these five years of, uh, you know, these five years of backstory, we 
it was unavoidable that these flashbacks were going to start happening again. These were something that needed to happen. And I honestly didn't think that these ones were, were that bad. Um, you know, we only saw a couple of them. They didn't overtake the episode as we have seen in the past before. Uh, you know, we, we pretty much saw Oliver and Anatoly or Anatoly returning Oliver to the island, Oliver giving his explanation as to why he needs to return to the island, uh, you know, for saving face and for, making it that this is what people believe. Uh, but it was a great nod that we saw how the Deathstroke mask ended up in the arrow, mm-hmm. uh, in which we got to see when that happened. And, of course, we saw the return of Konstantin Kovar on the island as well. Yeah. In addition to that, though, too, I love that they threw a little human target thing in here again, which with Anatoly saying, you know, a friend of mine known as the chameleon sometimes, uh, that were, that is quite a chameleon. Uh, you know, he hands off a little bag of supplies. He's like, no one's going to believe that there was a salon on the island. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that it makes me wonder, is what's in the bag? Is it just, a, is it a wig? I guess it, it, it's a wig, dreads, extensions, whatever he needs to do <laughs> to look like he's been there for a very long time. Obviously, he's got the cuts and bruises, uh, but it, it's, and we're definitely going to see more cuts and bruises after probably the fight with Constantine Kovar. Um, but I love the fact that they're tying all this together. I mean, it, it's it's a nice kind of like we're beginning the closing ceremonies, basically, of uh, Lian Yu in the show. And I, I think this is great. This is a really great way to do this. And I love the fact that he even brought that stuff up. So, yeah, exactly. So, it's. I mean, we're probably going to see flashbacks for the next two episodes. And um, I, uh, the fi- the finale, very, I think we're going to see a lot of flashbacks because we, 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 we reiterated the cast of that, of the people that are going to be part of the finale. If they're all there, if they're all actually there and filmed, that's fucking fantastic. I don't uh, my see guess that being the 90% case. 90% of that crazy ass list is just going to be flashbacks of these people, um, you know, in the sequences they've already had. I, I don't think uh, we're really going to get new sequences with Matt Ryan as much as we all would love it. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be just touching back on him. Same thing with Tommy. Uh, it's going to be Oliver remembering all of the stuff that he's went through over the five years. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the finale of the episode actually has a title now titled Lian Yu. And the basic description is the battle between Oliver and Chase comes to an epic conclusion on Lian Yu, which is something you have been predicting for for weeks now that, you mm-hmm. know, it. Th- these flashbacks are going to end uh, of how he started on Lian Yu. Of course, they're going to bookend this five-year journey on Lian Yu. So, I mean, it's it's the way it has to be. Absolutely. Um, and I'm looking through, man, and these this cast has not changed at all. This There's still a list of these people on here. And I, I'm looking at some of them, and, you know, obviously we're going to see, you know, I would love to see Matt Nabel return as Raj, but I don't. That's not going to happen. Um, that's most likely going to be a flashback. Colton Haynes is most likely going to be a flashback. Um, I would, out of all of them, I think I would like to see Joe DeNichol uh, return as Ragman um, rather than be a flashback. Actually, I'd like to see Matt Ryan return too. Is not a flashback. Um, but yeah, God, yeah so I'm- many people for this. So I'm getting distracted just by the cast list again because it, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It, it blows like, my I, mind. I, I, I'm still there with you too. I think the fact that they're, I think this is going to be probably the best episode of the show's ever had. I think, with the exception of episode 100, um, that we got this season as well. So I, I think this is going to be something kind of fantastic to see, and I think it's going to be with how how well they handled uh, episode 100. I, I have really high expectations for this finale. Yeah. Um, so. 
We need to talk a little bit about, obviously, the title of the episode is uh, Honor Thy Fathers, and we got to see Jamie Sheridan return as Robert Queen for the first time, I think, since season one. Um, it, it, it's been in video clips and such, but you know, obviously, they had to film them, so he, in essence, did return to the show for a little bit, uh, whether or not to share on screen with Oliver or not. But, uh, you know, we get this whole thing in that the purpose of this cement block that's delivered in the beginning is to lead that uh, you know, it was Oliver's father that did kill this man and encased him in cement. Uh, and, you know, being fans of Oliver and being fans of the show, we want to believe that Robert Queen was not the person that did this. But in essence, it turns out he was. And he uh, it looks like it was an accident. It doesn't look like it was done um, intentionally. Uh, but, but it was the cover up. That was the big thing. Yes, you know? Exactly. So, uh, you know, we got to see him in, in flashbacks of this event in a video and, of course, in the videos that he left for Oliver and for Thea. Mm-hmm. Which I love the fact that we finally got to see that one for Thea because I think that was mentioned in the past. Um, and even if it wasn't, I think it was a really great, you know, sequence between uh, Stephen and uh, Will Holland. Uh, I, I think that was a really beautiful sequence that they did there. And it was great to see her reaction to all this stuff. And I loved his reasonings of why he didn't show that to her. It was just like, I don't want the weight of the world on her shoulders as well. Uh, that did make a lot of sense to me. I did enjoy how they handled that. That was, I think done exceptionally well. I think there was really no part of this episode. I really had any kind of issue with, with maybe the exception of actually close to the tail end, which was the, uh, Prometheus and, uh, Arrow fight where the way that wrapped up. But I do believe, and I'm sure that you agree with me is, uh, Adrian, this is just another thing he had planned. Oh, this is absolutely part of his plan because let's not forget last week's episode ended with Adrian Chase and William. Yeah. William is being held somewhere and I would not be surprised if this is another play to tarnish the arrow legacy and he's going to force Oliver to break him out. Mm -hmm. If he wants to see William again, or he wants, he doesn't want anything to happen for William. uh, What happens to William? um, I I think he's going to force Oliver and his team to, you know, arrow team arrow to break him out. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I think that's, I think this is part of his plan. This is all, I don't think this is part of his plan. This is part of his plan. He gave yeah. up way too easy. Oh, and, absolutely. And the thing that really bothers me the most about that is not the fact that he gave up so easily. It's the fact that after everything Adrian has done to this team. The team believes the it. The team believes it. Exactly. That was my problem. That was actually my problem. It's It was that, but it was the fallout of that. The fact that they're all celebrating like, we have a win. We're good. There's the one thing that doesn't get answered, and I'm sure you agree with me too. Where's Renee? <laughs> There's no way he would have missed the hearing. My guess is Adrian has him as well at this point. Um, I didn't think about that. That could definitely be a possibility, uh, especially considering the last time I think we saw Renee was he was pointing guns at um, Derek Samson. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he was left alone with Derek, and we had, we didn't see what happened to Derek after that. So, I, yeah, that is a very strong possibility. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because we know P- Prometheus was involved with all that, too. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, high chance, very, very high chance, I think, that that is indeed the case. And Renee is being held as well. And it sounds like I think even I saw for the upcoming week that Prometheus is going after uh, Dinah and um, Curtis. So – Sounds like he's trying to take all of the pieces off the board right before the finale, so it's that's why, and it makes a lot of sense 
why Ollie has to go to people like Slade and Nyssa and all these other people to take on, you know, Artemis and Prometheus and Talia. It makes all the sense in the world that because his team is no longer in play. Well, it, it does look like that Prometheus does have help uh, in the next couple episodes in that um, the, the the plot line of next week, the first line is Black Siren returns to give Chase help. So uh, it looks like he does have a new member of his team that could be explained as to why that Renee is, is missing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, focusing on that storyline for a little bit, I love the interaction, and I've loved it more and more every week between uh, Renee and and Lance. Yeah, um, I'm loving that storyline. Um, exp- you know, especially when the way that they still give each other shit, but you know that they totally respect each other at this point, Absolutely. Um, and that they're there for each other. And it's basically it's not a hateful. Um, relationship, if it ever was, it's now a form of loving ribbing towards each other, uh, and, and respect, as I mentioned before. The, the whole scene with, um, you know, with Paul Blackthorne and, um, uh, Renee, um, or Rick Gonzalez in mm-hmm. the room where Renee asks Lance to be there for moral support. And Lance already knew that's what he was going to ask him. And he tells him he'd be honored. I think it is very fitting to the title of this episode of Honor Thy Father because I almost think Renee kind of sees Lance in that light. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think that Renee kind of sees Lance almost like a surrogate father because he is helping him with his own children. And I think, you know, with, um, you know, with Sarah being gone and, um, Laurel being gone, I, I kind of think it's a little reciprocal. I thought before that Lance maybe saw something in Thea as a daughter, but with Thea being missing, I kind of think he's grown that attachment and has kind of sees Renee as like a son he never had. Yeah, and you know what the other thing I think too, though, and this is just a testament to Rick Gonzalez and the reason I'm so incredibly excited that he is a part of next season. Um, even when he was spending a lot of time with John, uh, when he, him and David Ramsey were spending a lot of screen time together in the earlier parts of the season, I mean, he's bringing out the best in these actors. Like an absolute great connection, has amazing chemistry with everybody he's on screen with, and I'm really, really happy he's part of this cast. Like when we get to our annual, there's a high chance he's going to be my MVP for this season. Uh, I th- I think there's a strong possibility of that for me too because you look back at a lot of these characters, and I know one of the things that we always do when we talk about the annuals is we look at the the greatest change in character development or the most uh, in character development, and you look at everybody. You look at Dinah. You look at uh, you know you look at Curtis. You look at Adrian, Felicity, Thea, John, everybody. Uh, and then you look at Renee and you look, he, he kind of was this street punk that didn't want anything to do with this team who is now, you know, um, attached to the team. He's a great member of the team. He's, he's becoming, uh, you know, the loving father that he was before. He, I think he's the one that has shown the greatest amount of change out of any other character on this show. Absolutely. So, um, trying to think. We got some more action from the T spheres, which was all, which is always awesome to see. They always uh, make me smile, man. Like every time they're on the screen, I'm like, "How are they gonna get out of this?" Oh yeah, T spheres. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think we covered pretty much everything with the show, unless there's something, anything I'm, I'm forgetting. No, I think we really did cover everything. Like I said, you know, obviously uh, them realizing that, you know, Robert Queen was indeed the killer, uh, you know, it, involved in everything. But like, I loved. 
Honestly, there's that great sequence, though, too, uh, that stairwell fight sequence we see between Prometheus and, uh, and you know, Green Arrow, which was great. I love that shot. Um, that whole sequence was wonderfully done. And then there was a moment there that Josh Daguerre could have been so over the top with his reaction to uh, finding out more about his father. Uh, but, man, he played it so perfectly, played it so incredibly perfectly. Uh, that was one of the spots. And, I, and again, this is. I'm carbon copying IGN's thoughts on this because I even my, that was my thought process too when I saw it was that was handled so incredibly well. It was just again it was the fallout of that fight where the team's kind of like yay everything's good uh, end of season you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, that was that was the that was my issue yeah I, I, and and you're right and like the whole speech that Oliver gives um, you know Adrian Chase. Uh, about his own father and how his father was going to disown him because he's insane, uh, you know, and, and that causing Prometheus to bow down before Oliver and, you know, like, take my life. Uh, I, you know, I'm not worth it. And, uh, you know, their life is not worth living anymore. I, again, we we're in agreement that this was all part of the plan. But I also think that uh, Adrian Chase, uh, I think he kind of knew this already. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, I think he kind of knew that he didn't have a connection with his father. Uh, I will say one more final note about this, too. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the the press conference that Oliver gives at the end. And he addresses everything about his father and how the allegations on his father were true, uh, you know, even with trying to find evidence against everything looks like it, it it's it's real. Um and then he steps up to say, you know, like my father sacrificed himself in order for me to survive so that I could build a, be- a better legacy. And I think almost the same way of saying back in Supergirl that, you know, the Guardian storyline is the, the Guardian, the first step in Guardian becoming the Guardian that we know. I kind of think this press conference was almost a first step in because we've been hearing for a while that the next season of Oliver now of, of Arrow with these this five-year storyline coming to an end, Oliver is going to be building a new legacy starting next season. Uh, I, it's going to be a lot lighter and lighthearted and, and more towards the the green arrow that we know from comics and stuff. Um, I think that press conference was that first step. Um, he has come out and said he's going to build a better legacy. I think we have to see everything wrap up with Prometheus now, but I think that whole building a new legacy for this city, um, I think that was the first step towards next season. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think that was really the first step. I, there's no question in my mind the same way. I think we are going to see a very drastically different season next year. And I think the end of that episode, though, too, even Oliver's tone and the way he he uh, just appeared on screen, he felt like a different character by the end of the episode. He really, really did. I mean, we know things are going to go to shit next week, but still. Yeah, um, yeah this, was, this, is, this was the start of something brand new. And I think we're going to continue to see that play out in the next two episodes. Uh, so I'm, I'm incredibly excited to see what season six brings. Yeah, I mean, and when you say he felt like a different character, that's not a bad thing at all. That's like this is what we've been wanting for a while. Um, I know there are some people that like the darkness that this show has and the dark undertone that it has. And I'm one of them. I enjoy the dark undertone. It's one of the it kind of sets it apart from like the Flash and Supergirl. But um, I, my only fear about next season um, with the changing of the tone and everything is I hope it's not so drastic that the show is it, that it's a completely different show. Um, I want to see them start to change the tone a little bit and become a little bit more. um, But you can't start 
it, like it can't feel like Arrow and the season finale of this season, and then all of a sudden feel like the Flash next season, like in the premiere. Right. It, it's got to transition right, um, and I think it, it's smart to kind of use at least half of next season, if not all of next season, to make that transition. I think so too. I think like they they can start to lean into it in the beginning of next season. And by the end of the season, I think it should feel like a tonal shift between the start and finish. Yeah. Uh, if they do it right. And I think that's the right way to do it. I mean, like I said, you know, uh, the Flash Writer's Room thing I always bring up all the time, which was there's three words above the door to the Flash Writer's Room is humor, heart, and spectacle. Um, I have a feeling that if they want to change that dynamic a little bit for next season, it should be action and hope um, for – Arrow, and I think that's where you're going to start seeing. I think that's going to be their two key points: is action and hope. Yeah, I I I, th- I hope that's the case uh, with next season. I mean, but granted, the way this season has been going, I'm extremely excited to see where this finale is going to end up. Uh, whether these this incredible cast is all there or flashbacks doesn't really bother me. Um, uh, we're going to see them. That's the most important part. Uh, and this has been. With the with the exception of a couple slides here and there, a couple slip ups here and there, um, this has been one of the best seasons this show has seen in the past couple years. Well, I think this is the best season the show has had. Period. I really do, and I almost say this is probably rivaling some of my favorite seasons out of any of these DC shows so far. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun when we go back and um, you know we changed our plan a little bit this summer is where instead of doing a. a a couple weeks of annuals of doing like week one of Supergirl and then Flash and then Arrow and whatever. Blah, blah, blah. We're kind of spacing them out over the summer, but it's because we kind of want to go back and rewatch the seasons. Um, and we want to give ourselves time to do that. We don't want to have to force our or pigeonhole ourselves to watch a full season in a week because that's we have jobs and we have lives. It kind of we can't do it. Um, so, but I'm looking forward to you know later on in the summer when we actually get to go back and re talk about this. Uh, this season, and I think uh, another thing I really enjoy about these shows and when we do the annuals too is it, when we watch these shows week to week, we kind of tend to forget certain things that happen between weeks. When we go back and we do the annuals and we're binging these and we're watching these episodes back to back to back instead of waiting a week in between, we get a better picture of the story yeah. and how it plays out over the course of 23 episodes. Um, rather than waiting week to week. So we get a better idea of it, which is another reason why I like doing the annuals and I'm liking the new system that we're having is because our opinions may change on some of the stuff that we've said in the past over these past couple weeks when we go back and we watch these episodes straight through because they may tonally kind of progress better when you do it in this sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to the, I'm looking forward to the annuals, especially Arrow. I'm I'm looking forward to going back and rewatching and talking about it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things too, I think that's going to work so well, and it actually helps everybody that's you know following us when we are doing the annuals is that idea that Netflix two weeks after these seasons wrap, they'll all be there. Obviously, we'll start with Legends of Tomorrow because it's already available for everyone to watch and rewatch. And by the time we do that, and then do another throwaway episode, not a throwaway, but we'll give you something a little bit different. You'll now have time to go back through and watch Supergirl in in its entirety again, uh, or Flash or Arrow. You'll have the ability to do it. Yeah, and I think I think we could probably mention some of the stuff we we already have in the works for the summer. I know we're going to do. Obviously, we're going to space out these annuals over the course of the summer. Every two to three weeks, we'll do another annual. Uh, we're still going to talk about Gotham. We're going to talk about the 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 way this season wrapped up. 
probably, I, I don't know, maybe the week after these shows end up, maybe we'll talk about the last couple episodes. Oh, no, I think Gotham will still be going at that point. Um, so we may, I don't know, we'll look into it. Uh, but we're still going to talk about Gotham. Uh, we're going to do all the annuals of the shows this year. Uh, we have a Arrowverse episode that we're going to be doing a little bit later on about the, the pros and cons of everything happening in the Arrowverse. Um, I still have the John Barrowman panel from Heroes and Villains Atlanta, which we have not played for you yet. And I'm going to be, uh, this coming weekend, going to be in Harrisburg Comic-Con, where I'll be on stage with um, David Ramsey and Matt Letcher and Michelle Harrison. So we'll have the audio from that to play. We're going to do another Silver Age special where we'll probably talk, I think, what we're going to talk like Lois and Clark. We're going to talk Batman Beyond. We'll do um, a bunch of these shows. Not to mention the fact that I think this coming week... Oh, no, not this week. Next week, um, another DC animated film is coming out. We're getting Vixen. Oh, wait, really? I, yeah. I, I didn't realize that was – is it Vixen or is it the, the season two CW seed? Oh, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I thought it was Dix, I thought it was Vixen the movie when, uh, I, had, I, uh... when I had looked it up because it had said, yeah, it's DC Vixen the movie um, on sale February 20 uh, – February, uh, May 23rd. You know what that probably most likely is, is the CW Seed Season 1 and 2. I think they are getting packaged together for a release. Um, so, and we know that obviously includes people like Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin in that too, because it is Megalyn E.K. doing the voice who was the vixen we had in Season 4. Was it Season 4? Season 4. Yeah. Um, so not the one from Legends that we're dealing with currently. But So it, it, I think that's exactly what that is. I think the next real official um, animated film that's coming out is that Batman Harley Quinn one. So I okay. think that's somewhere mid-summer. So. Okay, which is something I'm sure we'll talk about too. So, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we so still have Batman Return of the Cape Crusader to talk about at some point. Too, that's so. true. That's very true. So mm-hmm. yeah, so we got a lot of stuff planned um, for this uh, for the summer. So we've already got stuff in the works. Uh, I'm sure other stuff will pop up. We'll always listen to suggestions from you guys too. So, um, and I know we're throwing Batman Beyond in there at some point because it's been asked about. So we're we're mm-hmm. gonna do it. Um, we will do it. We so. will do it at some point because I want to go back and rewatch that too. Uh, but let's um let's shift gears and now that we're done talking Guardians about, of the Galaxy, <laughs> do we want to talk about that before news? Yeah, let's do it before news. All right, uh, so we'll, so we'll, I, I'm, I'm we'll gonna break get away. my point across really quickly. All right. Uh, so I know a lot of people have seen the movie. A lot of people really love the movie. I am not one of those people. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I will say this: I enjoyed the back half of the movie quite a bit. Uh, there is a lot of things I did not like about Guardians. Um, especially I would say the first 30, 40 minutes, um, it felt like they leaned in way too heavy into all the jokes that made people laugh the first time around. And Drax was not the same character almost at all. They were like, oh, people thought he was funny because, uh, he, he said weird things all the time. Uh, he worked because he was, he was, uh, the straight character that was saying humorous things and didn't realize he was being humorous. I swore if by the end of the movie, if I heard him have his belly laugh anymore, I probably would have walked out of the theater. It was driving me up the wall. Um, again, I hate to say this cause I do love these characters. They felt like they completely miswrote one of their own characters and, uh, the baby group thing. It was really cute for a little while. And he had a couple of really cute moments later, but man, they leaned in way too much on some of those things that made the first one work so well. So, hmm. um, but I will say, uh, I still absolutely enjoyed the the tail end of everything. Uh, there's a couple sequences I thought that were 
quite a bit weird. Uh, like, uh, you know, because this is a spoiler show, there's a there's a moment of Peter Quill playing catch with his dad, uh, which was uh, it was a very <laughs> eye rolling moment. Um, but yeah, I was uh, a little disappointed. Uh, but I did. I will say, uh, out of everybody in the cast, Michael Rooker was phenomenal, and I absolutely loved him. Yes, so, um, and um, I will say without spoiling much of anything, um, I I cried. Uh, I, I I teared up a little bit. I got teared at the up end yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely teared up a little bit at the end there. Uh, I mean, the movie did have a lot of heart. I think there was a lot of serious pacing problems in the first part of that movie, though. Um, and the Drax stuff, I thought was a little weird. I thought it was a very massive tonal shift for the character they introduced. So, um, but I think once uh, you see the team split up at a point, uh, not like go their separate ways, but where they're 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 forcibly split split apart uh, at some point in the uh, the film. Uh, and that's when I think the movie makes a shift for the positive. And I think that's where it starts getting better. But I actually think I will not be seeing any Marvel movies in the theater and probably until Infinity War at this point. Um, the last couple there, the Marvel formula is starting to show some cracks because you can see exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to happen because they kind of play with the same same rules constantly. And I think that's starting to be a little bit of a detriment to them. I think they need to not be afraid to shake up their formula. So, so. so no Thor Ragnarok for you? No, 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 no Thor Ragnarok, and I'm actually really questioning if I'm going to see Spider-Man now, too. What? You're crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that I, I was happy I saw Guardians, but when I left the theater, I was like, I could have waited for uh, DVD or Blu-ray. So, um, and I think that's where I'm going to stand probably for some time. I, I think I'm getting more than a little burned out on superhero films in the theater, and as much as I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman... There's still a part of me that's kind of a little worried about that one, too. Well, so. on that note, um, you and I will actually be attending a screening of Wonder Woman. So we will get to see it before uh, a majority. About a week before release, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. what's the release date? The release date is June 2nd. Uh, um, June 2nd. We're, yeah. gonna, we're actually going to be seeing it on May 30th. So we're going to be seeing it the Tuesday before. Um mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to get to talk about it on the podcast until after the movie releases, so some of you all have already had the chance to see it. However, just so we can give you a little bit of an advanced review, I think we had agreed. I think we're going to do a Facebook Live um, from outside the theater afterwards. Um, yeah. And there's a possibility a former guest of this show is probably going to be there too, that being Craig Lagans. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get Craig in on that live review as well and because um, he'll probably – be there because i'll end up giving him a ride home like i always do um <laughs> i do i always end up driving him back into the city because it costs like 30 dollars to uber back into the city i'm like dude it takes me 15 minutes to get you there i'll drive you home <laughs> um and then it takes me 15 minutes to get home from your house i'll do it i'm fine um but chances are he'll probably be there because he goes to a lot of the same screenings that i do so um maybe we'll see if he wants to come in on the review as well but we'll do something we'll do a facebook live and post it on the page uh, from outside of the uh, the theater after we get to see Wonder Woman. And w- like we have been these past couple weeks, while we're kind of hopeful for the movie, we'll give you an honest review. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. If, if we think the movie sucks, we'll tell you the movie sucks. We're kind of hoping that's not the case, but... Um, Early Buzz has been good. Early Buzz has been good so far. There's been a couple reviews that have, that have sneaked out. Um, uh, I guess uh, unbeknownst to Warner Brothers, but if you look for them, you'll find them. But so uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. And again, like I said, you know, I, I apologize to anybody like, you know, as far as Guardians, like I said, or like if you're massive fans of the Marvel films, I actually am, too. Um, I just think it's um, 
my money is better served to see some of the other films that I'm, I'm a little bit more excited about than just comic book films. So I think some of these can wait a little bit every once in a while. I can I can understand it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I personally, my opinion on the film, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was as good, if not a little bit better than the first. But, um, you know, again, opinions change. And, uh, you know, you and I don't see eye to eye on Guardians just the same way we don't see eye to eye on Rogue One. So, yeah, yeah. But I will say we we are eye to eye on Logan. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so Logan was quite a great film, man. Like I I really really enjoyed that. So, but I, I think it's I, I think blockbuster films though they're getting a little too too formulaic nowadays. I mean, it feels like those big epic scenes don't have the same weight that they used to anymore. I think uh, not anything really surprises me with these big epic fights anymore. They don't give me that thrill and rush that they used to in the theater. So. Uh, I, I'm just waiting for something to do that again. And I think the last time I felt that way was uh, probably Force Awakens in the theater. Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm actually kind of excited about that one. I am too, I, and I'm, I'm going to a screening of that as well the week before Wonder Woman. So nice. I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are on that, and I'm actually really curious about uh, Alien Covenant. So uh, See, I'm I very never, curious. I never saw Prometheus, so I'm kind of a little behind on that. Uh, eh, you probably don't need to. <laughs> All right. You, you can probably watch Prometheus in like three minutes. I'm sure there's a YouTube video of it out there somewhere. Uh, it, it's not a bad film, but it's not a great film at the same time. So, All right. Yeah, that's good uh-huh. enough for me. <laughs> so it's a wait and see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, as much as I, I love going to the theater, it's just uh, last couple of times I've been, I haven't been as well. So I, I think that might be a part of it, too, that's maybe impacting my thoughts on Guardians. But I, I do think there are some problems in the first chunk of the film. Back half is great, though. I will say that. OK. Uh, all right. Let's shift gears then and we'll go back to D.C. and let's hit a little bit of the news. OK, let's do that. Uh, so first off, we're going to go through film stuff and then we'll wrap up the way that we love to wrap up, which is injustice. So we'll <laughs> uh, get the first one out of the way. And that's ja- uh, J- yeah, Josh. <laughs> Josh Gad. <laughs> Josh Gad. Uh, so Josh Gad finally did speak out about the little teases he put up about the penguin. Uh, and he was like, sorry, guys, I hate to make anybody sad, but I just love trolling people on the Internet. It's kind of fun. Uh, so, again, he's not really uh, in talks with uh, Matt Reeves to play the penguin. But he did say, hey, if they did talk to me about it, he said he would absolutely love to play the character. So um, so he's like, maybe in the future well, it's a wait and see. But I think uh, me and Ben both agreed. I think he would be a great fit for that character. Oh, my and I would God. He, see would, what he, he would, would do. be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, sorry uh, if uh, anybody's hopes were uh, dashed when uh, I brought that up. But unfortunately, yep, no Penguin for Josh Gad in the near future. So, uh, jumping over, let's talk some Wonder Woman. Uh, so, one thing that's very interesting, and it is posted on our Facebook group if you have not seen it yet, uh, J- uh, Joss Whedon's rejected Wonder Woman script is now available online for folks to read. So, if you do want to check it out, there's a link up that came over from comicbookmovie.com. If you go through the article, you will see a little spot in there. If you want to read the uh, original script, it is listed there for you. So, uh, In addition to that, one of the things that we did find out this week about Wonder Woman is uh, something that a lot of us expected was going to happen, but now we have official confirmation. But not just Wonder Woman, but the Blackhawks will officially be in the film. So really kind of great to see. There is a couple shots we did see. Uh, I forget what the actress name is offhand. Um He's one of those names that is uh, really, really tricky to read. So I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> it makes my life that much easier. So, <laughs> uh, But we do know, like I said, the Blackhawks will be appearing. But we don't know if Blackhawk 
himself will be in the during the World War One timeline. So, uh, in addition to this, uh, some uh, interesting moments happened this week with uh, Diane Lane, who has played Martha Kent. Uh, she was interviewed recently, and one of the things that happened during that show was asked is if she can get any spoilers for Justice League, and if the film is going to be better than the Avengers, and her reply was, no and no, short but honest, I hate to disappoint, but... Dot, dot, dot. Um, and everybody immediately read into that really the wrong way, and she came out and her publicist, and Warner Brothers all, ultimately all came out and said, hey guys... Uh, and even Diane Lane said this. She's like, no, I can't talk about spoilers on TV for a movie that's not even finished its editing. Uh, I haven't seen it. I don't know what it's going to be like. So if you thought that my comment was it's not going to be an Avengers, uh, she's like, you know, that was just the answer was uh, viewed very much the wrong way. So sounds like a little bit of damage control there. But, you know, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people are going to forget about this before too long. But I'm sure the people that want to uh, dig at DC will find any ways they can do it right now. So uh, they still have a lot to prove. And I'm really hoping, again, we'll, we'll know on the 30th uh, how uh, Wonder Woman stacks up. So. Yeah. Um, one of the things talking about Justice League, though, is Tyrese is now discussing more and more about Green Lantern, that saying he really wants to dive into trying to get this role. And now some people are thinking that he may have potentially booked that role. No one's quite sure if that's the case or not. It's a big kind of wait and see. But we do know for a fact that Henry Cavill has been continuing to tease Green Lantern's role in the film. Uh, we've seen several photos from him over uh, the course of the last few months where he was standing in front of a comic book shop and uh, there was a shot of him in front of uh, a storefront window where you could definitely see uh, there was a great statue specifically of, uh, you know, Hal Jordan saying, hey, you know, this is uh, coming soon, guys. Be ready. And then there was a shot of him working out as well, saying, uh, got to keep working out. Must look bigger than Green Lantern in the film. <laughs> so, uh, But we've been seeing this more and more from him. So he's definitely teasing that uh, he is coming soon. So that could definitely tie into the whole rumors that Tyrese has landed the gig of Jon Stewart. So it's a wait and see. That'd be, that'd be kind of uh, cool. I think it would be actually really good casting. I really yeah. do. Uh, so let's jump over into TV real quick because we've got – one small thing to talk about, then we got a lot of uh, bigger things to discuss. Um, so let's dive into some Super Bowl discussion real fast. And one of the executive producers did speak out a little bit this week, and I'll just read what they stated. This is as far as Calista Flockhart returning uh, to the role of Cat Grant and Tyler Hodgman returning to fill the boots of Superman. And basically what they said here was fans can expect both characters to play pivotal roles in the final two episodes of the season. I don't want to tease too much about how they return because both Superman's return and Cat Grant's are great surprises on how it happens. You'll be shocked uh, at both of their appearances. And this is coming from Andrew Kreisberg. So this is Kara's darkest hour. It's perfect that she has both Superman and Cat, who are these great stabilizing influences in her life. Cat, who tends to have a great handle on what Kara needs. And Clark has a pretty, a pretty good handle on what Supergirl needs. Uh, she needs them uh, both desperately because she's faced with some truly awful decisions to make in the finale and choices that affect her both as Kara and as Supergirl. Having her surrogate mother and surrogate brother there to make these decisions is good to have them. So um, so it sounds like things are going to get pretty uh, pretty intense pretty quickly. But that's also saying that Superman's not just in the finale, but this coming week's episode. So um, I would assume probably at the very tail end. So. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not listed in the cast, so... Um, Probably a little stinger at the end there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's jump over and talk about a couple shows. 
NBC has officially made their statement that Powerless is done, dunzo, dead. So, um, kind of had a feeling that was a shock. Yeah, when they pulled the last episodes, kind of had a feeling that's what was coming. Yeah. So, uh, so if anybody was holding on to hope, sorry guys, NBC has uh, dropped the hammer, and uh, that is a dead show. I'm sure we will see those final episodes if it um, you know gets released on Amazon uh, for the entirety of the season. Uh, when they release it on DVD or streaming services, I would I would be sure that we'll probably see those final remaining episodes because I know a lot of us were still really curious on how Adam West was going to fit fit in, and then uh, that whole Lex President Lex Luthor taking over the world and how the team stops them sounded kind of interesting, and I would have been curious to see that play out. So, um, well, let's jump over into some stuff with Fox, and also we have a, a series of renewals we're going to talk across the board here. Uh, Gotham has been renewed for season four. Uh, we were asked by Paul uh, on our Facebook page, what is the future for Gotham on this show? So me and Ben have discussed it, and as I spoke with Paul about this too on Facebook, so we have decided officially, you know, Gotham will not be in rotation for normal discussions on the show. Same for news. Um, we're going to stick to the Berlanti universe. But we will break Gotham Season 4 into two annuals for next year. Uh, so when the first half of the season airs and then when they break, we will power through the first half. We will do a Season 4, uh, 4.0 um, annual. And then when the back half finishes up, we'll do a Season 4.5 annual. So that way we can break it up when we have uh, that downtime around the, the holidays. It'll give us a good opportunity to have some content for you guys and for those of you that are really enjoying Gotham. Uh, but this way, it makes it a little easier for us to not have to follow it week to week, and it allows us to binge watch, uh, you know, like 10 or 12 episodes. That way, we can give you a good, honest viewpoint of where the show is at, and then we'll, you know, continue it into the summer. So. Yeah. Uh, real quick, on the topic of Gotham, Gotham has been back for about three weeks now, and I'm completely caught up. I've watched uh, the past three episodes, and I will say um, two quick notes. One, I'm actually enjoying this second half, this back, um, these back episodes of the season. Um, I think they're really well done, and I think um, <clears throat> the the acting of obviously Robin Lord Taylor, and especially, holy shit, Corey Michael Smith. Um, this second, these all, these past couple episodes have been pretty much all about Riddler and Corey Michael Smith is fucking nailing it. My con of it is that these back half of these episodes are called Heroes Rise, but it's been all about Riddler. Like I I thought we were going to see more heroes rising to the occasion. It's been all about the villain set. So like, I don't get what the, what the, the moniker a Heroes Rise has anything to do with these episodes. Yeah, that's a wait and see. I mean, like I said, we—I forget how many episodes remain for this season. I, I think they have what a twenty-two or twenty-three yeah, episode I th- run. Yeah, I think so. there's there's been three, and I think there's four left. Okay, yeah, I think there was like seven episodes remaining when they took yeah. their break, and then yeah, they were coming back for the final seven. So yeah, and we t- uh, and again we again we you know just a cheap plug. We talked to Robin Lord Taylor last week too on the on the showcast spotlight. So we we got to talk a little bit about uh, these last episodes of the show. Very cool. But yeah, uh, let's jump over into CW land, and we have a couple other things here. Uh, iZombie has been renewed officially for season four, one of those other shows that I would love to find a way if we can to maybe start doing some annuals for, because I adore this show. And it is Vertigo, so it is a nice tie to DC. Uh, I know uh, Lucifer's out there. Lucifer has been renewed as well by Fox. Um, Dude, so I, love, I love that show. 
I haven't watched any of season two yet except for the first couple episodes. Um, but I will be getting back to them when the season wraps and I will just be binge watching through that. Uh, you will be very pleased to know that at some point in the second half of this second season that started up, I think, two weeks ago, um, we will be seeing a character that you know uh, actually playing uh, God, playing his father, uh, God, and that um, will be... Um, uh, Timothy Almondson. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Gallivant himself. Will well, be no, playing no, G- no, no, no. Oh, no, no, King he Richard. wasn't Gallivant. He was King Richard. That's right. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, King Richard himself, Timothy Olmanson, who I fucking love, Timothy Olmanson. Uh, and when I saw him in the promos for the upcoming season playing Lucifer's father, I was like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that gives me all the reason in the world to make sure I watch that when it comes back yeah, or it, like when if it wraps up for the season. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a DC property that we don't talk about, but anybody who um, uh, who hasn't had the chance to watch it yet, I, I, I highly recommend it. It's It's really good. Yeah. So, but like I said, same thing for iZombie and then Lucifer both also getting picked back up too. So very happy to see that we haven't lost any shows, uh, is with the exception of Powerless and uh, a couple years ago with Constantine. So for the most part, these are all alive and kicking. So good to see. Uh, jumping to sci-fi. One of the things I didn't expect to happen, Krypton has been picked up to series. Didn't see that uh, either. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to go. I'm sure we will hear about the pilot uh, come San Diego Comic-Con this season. Uh, uh, it's only a couple months away. It's July, I believe. So I'm sure they'll probably screen it there. And we'll uh, get to hear a little bit more about that. But I'm very curious to see what people think about it. So um, one of those shows, probably when it starts up, we'll at least talk the pilot, I'm sure, on the show. Just for fun. We probably won't continue to discuss it. But maybe me and Ben will at least do a review of the pilot. So wait and see. Uh, but it sounds like the show is going to start up and... Q1 2018 at the earliest is uh, what we're hearing. So it sounds like a mid-season window uh, is most likely the case. So that's if everything they said goes smoothly. So it's a big wait and see. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is we have to talk about, too, Black Lightning also getting its series order for CW. So, guys, we got a five-show season coming out (laughs) of next season. And it sounds like, but here's the thing. It it is going to be a mid-season pickup. So, more than likely, Legends of Tomorrow will probably be running in the beginning of the season, probably run straight through, and Black Lightning will probably take its time slot after. Uh, we do know Black Lightning is going to be a 13-episode mid-season pickup. So, um, hasn't been 100% confirmed, but that sounds like the case. So, that actually helps us out. So, we may only be doing four shows at a time. Then there's the big uh, question in the air is when the DC streaming app uh, starts uh, starts playing. Because then we'll also have Titans to discuss. So, but at least it's I'm happy to see that Black Lightning is getting picked up, and I'm very happy to know that it's more than likely midseason. That makes our lives a little bit easier. So yeah. we'll be talking about four shows from start to finish, both times. So, uh, but I'm excited to see how uh, the story of uh, this this goes. So I'm very very curious to see. So, uh, but yeah, very exciting. And uh, the last thing we have to talk about here is, we go uh, is injustice <laughs> as always. And this probably is going to be the last thing we're going to be talking about in Justice for some time um, until we actually talk about playing the actual game itself. And after we do this, I'll talk a little bit about the mobile app real quick. But one of the things that I reported on quite a while back that was rumored that has officially been confirmed, we do know uh, there is seven premiere skins that are known of so far. Uh, three of them come with the Ultimate Edition. That's obviously Reverse Flash. 
that is a alternate skin for the Flash, Power Girl alternate skin for Supergirl, John Stewart an alternate skin for How Jordan Green Lantern. Now we did get 100% confirmation, and there is a video I posted a couple days ago that you can see all of these at least in the game. Uh, Mister Freeze is 100% confirmed for Captain Cold. Vixen is going to be in there for Cheetah. Uh, Jay Garrick is another alternate skin for the Flash. Dude. And the last but not least is if you play the Injustice 2 mobile game and link your accounts together when the game comes out, you will also get a premiere skin for Cyborg, that being Grid. Uh, so this is very cool. I'm very happy to see that they're doing some cool shit with this. Uh, in addition, uh, with the Injustice 2 mobile game, from what I understand, if you link this together, one of the loot box systems that we are seeing in the Injustice 2 game is mother boxes, which is how you get... Uh, they have their currency, because this is a freemium game. Uh, again, it's a tapping fighting game, so not really super in-depth. But uh, it does have a gear system that you build up to. It has a campaign and a story mode. Um, and one of the things you can do, if you pre-ordered the Injustice 2 game or pre-registered, you got Catwoman as one of your characters. You start with three characters to start, so you start off with Harley Quinn, Batman and then Wonder Woman. If you pre-registered, you also got Catwoman. And then you uh, have random loot boxes that you get to open up. You get them for free uh, in addition to being able to buy them. But if you, as long as you're playing the game, there's little objectives you can do. They give you there's three different currencies. There's coins. There's basically these electric bolts, which is X amount of them allows you to go into a fight. I think each of them costs six or seven bolts to be able to start a fight. And there's five fights, five or six fights, I think, in a set. After you do a full set, you get additional unlocks like new characters, character boxes. There's chances for unique gear to unlock quite a few things. And then there's alternate versions of each character that you can unlock as well. Some of them are just uh, special ones NetherRealm has come up with. Some of them are Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad skins. Um, but, I mean, the game is very, very simplistic. It's pretty much three taps uh, to do a basic three-hit combo. You can swipe up, swipe down, swipe back, and swipe right. Um, all those different things allow you to dodge, dart forward, have, have an aerial attack, a low a low attack, and then as you have a little meter kind of burn, you can actually start using just not just random punches and kicks, but you can also, you know, for example, Batman can throw batarangs, has specialty things, and you can upgrade each of them. You can change out to other special moves, and then when you have certain circumstances, then you can do super moves as well. So, uh, but it is a three-on-three fighter, so you can tap uh, your characters on the side is your little roster, so you can switch out on the fly. For example, my starting team was again uh, Catwoman, and then I had I think Batman in there, and then Harley Quinn to start, and then after that, you can uh, as you unlock more, you can alternate your uh, roster that you're playing with at any given time. They all each individually level up, and then there's objectives again that gives you additional fight money. Uh, hero uh, hero gems, which I think it's like 150 hero gems to buy additional characters, and then you can buy them with actual cash. Uh, basic fun game. Uh, nothing very, very special about it, but if you are looking to get more unlocks for your Injustice 2 game, this is a good way to do it. Somebody said, in addition to this, I believe if you do link your games, those mother boxes you get in that game also give you exclusive mother boxes you can open up in the standard Injustice 2 when it comes out this week. So, cool. uh, w- Worthwhile to download, play around with a little bit. Uh, I haven't had to spend a cent on it yet. I think I've already unlocked six or seven characters just by playing the game like normal. So if you don't want to spend money on it and you just need a little time killer, that's a great way to do it. I will warn people, though, if you are playing on Android, probably based on which version you're playing on, uh, the first time I launched the game, I did get a lockup. I had to exit out of the app start it back up, um, and uh, so it's a little dodgy, but I think that's just based off of what phone you're using, 
uh, if it's a newer phone versus an older phone. I'm using a Galaxy S6 currently still. Uh, so I, I, it's based up probably what you're using. I'm not sure as far as how it's running via iOS, but the game does look fairly fairly decent. And this is helped out with uh, you know they're using most of the assets and skins from NetherRealm Studios, who actually made proper Injustice. So uh, so yeah, not too bad. Uh, but yeah, if you do want to get that grid skin, this is the way to do it. Uh, in addition to this, though, for Injustice 2, uh, we did talk about the first DLC roster that was coming out with the game. It's not coming out, obviously, it will launch. We don't know when the first DLC pack's coming out, but you're not getting all three of those characters at once. It sounds like they're going to spread out who is released at what time. We did say Sub-Zero, Red Hood, and Starfire are the first ones we do know about. No idea who is going to be first on that list. Or if they do change their mind and just say, here's the first three characters right off the bat, so wait and see. And uh, I believe Ed Boon from NetherRealm Studios, the creator of Mortal Kombat and the Injustice franchise, did say, if you're not one of those people that loves to unlock stuff, uh, there is a way to pay actual currency to unlock everything in the game without doing it yourself. So bear in mind, uh, that does not include if you've already paid for the season pass. More than likely, if this is just like the last MK, which was Mortal Kombat X, that was at something around the realm of like $60 to do so. So if you were a person that bought the Ultimate Edition, you could theoretically be spending $160 if you want to unlock everything in the game. And there are talking about more uh, alternate skins they will be making for purchase. We do not know how uh, Mr. Freeze or Jay Garrick or Jon Stewart are going to be unlocked yet. So I don't know if this is something that's going to be behind a paywall. It's a big wait and see. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely sounds like there is a lot to this game. Um, yes, yes. And it, but, even, it even almost sounds like we've only just scratched the surface. Yeah, and uh, it sounds like uh, these first nine characters are not going to be the only characters they are going to consider as well for the DLC. It sounds like there could be more beyond these. So Very, Big very, wait very and see. interesting. Yeah. Big wait and see. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited about um, the Reverse Flash skin and the Jay Garrick skin. More than anything else, I'm, those are the ones I'm excited about because I've made no bones about it. I'm a huge Jay Garrick fan. So when you told me earlier this week that Jay Garrick was one of the skins, uh, I was like, uh, yep, know who I'm playing. So in other words, learn Flash and learn fat. Flash yep. very, very well because they will play identically. But we did know, I mean, they have said the gear system in this game, based on the gear that you have, can potentially add or remove certain special moves. So... Um, and we did hear from a couple people that have played the game uh, that are uh, early reviewers and like streamers on uh, Twitch and on YouTube that the game does play very differently with that gear system in play. So that does kind of change everything about this game. Uh, when you level up, they do add substantial power to your characters. So when we do have our fight night, and we'll probably figure it out and announce what that day is going to be next episode uh, for people to uh, be prepared uh, we'll try to decide if we're going to have gear system on or gear system off. Uh, maybe we'll we'll mix it up, but we will do a little tournament. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a good opportunity, too, that if you haven't already uh, and you do want to participate in that fight night, um, to friend us on PlayStation Network. Um, my handle on PlayStation is Ben12602. Okay. And mine is Berserker Tiki, B-E-R-Z-E-R-K-E-R-T-I-K-I. So, and then that's both of us on PSN. So yeah, that's both of us on PSN, and mine is also on Xbox One too. If you also want to friend me on Xbox, mm-hmm. mine are the same. Um, so recommendations. Um, 
you know, it probably would have been good to to have one. Um, <laughs> uh, no, um, my recommendation is I'm um, I'm obviously going to recommend our interview with Robin Lord Taylor on the Cast Spotlight again because uh, again he was such a nice guy, um, and he we he was somebody we've been wanting to have on for a while. So I definitely want to encourage people to check that interview out and let us know what you think because um, that was one of those ones that we we're just we're. We're every once in a while we have those interviews. We're proud of every interview that we do, uh, whether it's on there or it's one that you and I do on here when we had like Teddy Sears and such. But um, that's one of those ones that really stands out, and like we're just like so super super proud of because of just how nice he was and how well he interacted with us. Uh, but off the topic of DC, I also want to um, recommend another interview we did earlier this week uh, with two gentlemen who I actually had the opportunity to meet last night. Um, uh, those being Colin Mockery and Brad Sherwood from Whose Line Is It Anyway? We've had them on before and we had them on again, uh, back to back. We had Brad on first and then immediately afterwards, like within five minutes, we, we got a call from Colin and we interviewed Colin. So, uh, and I met them last night after their show. I got to go backstage and, and meet them both. And they're both incredibly nice guys and incredibly sweet and incredibly funny. Uh, my stomach and my sides, my cheeks were hurting within like 10 minutes of their show because, their improv show is hysterical. Um, if you get the chance to see it, I highly recommend it. Uh, Colin and Bradshow.com has all their, their tour dates and they tour throughout the year. So, um, but other than that, um, if you're in the area, come on out to Harrisburg Comic Con this week and, and see me. I will be, uh, myself and Adam will, will have a table there this week, or this weekend, uh, representing the Next Level Podcast Network. And I will be your podcast, I will be your panel moderator for every panel of the weekend. So, uh, six panels. And we just found out we will be doing a live podcast panel as well. Um, which Rob, if you are interested and you want to come out on Sunday, you are more than welcome to be a part of it. I have to find out what's going on for me next week. I think I'm busy, but <laughs> I will find out. Obviously right. not in the morning because we will still be doing our normal show, I believe, in the morning uh, well, and, on and, Sunday. Unless so. you came out and we just recorded in person. That's very true. So, so it's a wait and see. Yeah. Uh, as for me, uh, one of the things I didn't realize and I was really kind of you know upset about on Wednesday morning, I was like, must read Flash 22. It was delayed a week. So it's coming out this week. So the final uh, crossover for the button. Uh, will be coming out this week, so make sure you uh, get a chance to pick that one up. And uh, as always, make sure pre-order your copy of Injustice Two because uh, we really are excited to play with everybody in a couple days. So, well, not a couple days next week because um, again, busy weeks for both me and Ben. Yes, but yes, uh, be ready for that. And uh, I'm very, very excited. So, uh, just a couple days, guys. Just a couple days. And I'm sure we'll be seeing lots of stuff. But if you get a chance, if you're on PSN or Xbox, get some screen caps. Throw them up uh, when you get a chance to play. Um, there's ways to share videos and stuff like that. Share it to the Facebook group. I want to see people people throw down and give us shots of them in action playing, just enjoying the game. But uh, I'm really looking forward to getting to the story mode and uh, getting used to the combat system. Yeah, so. absolutely. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm looking looking forward to, to playing. So. Um, I think that's going to be just about it. We got our cheap plugs and then we're going to get out of here. Um, you can catch my other podcast, the next level, po- uh, the, the showcast spotlight on the next level podcast network, next level radio online.com or facebook.com slash next level radio online. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NXT level radio. That's the Twitter account for the ne- for the next level podcast network as a whole. Um, and then of course you can check out the Facebook page if you don't already for this podcast, facebook.com slash DC primetime. 
And for me, you can always also find me at nextlevelradioonline.com through Capping Crew Cast of Pods. Uh, our episode was supposed to record last week. Unfortunately, uh, pulling together a group of people sometimes is difficult. It's kind of like herding cats. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we will be doing our uh, Joss Whedon episode this week. So we're going to be recording this Wednesday night. And I believe Ben will be a part of that. Uh, so we'll be talking about the body of work associated with uh, Joss Whedon, and I'm really looking forward to getting into that. If I get a second, I'm definitely going to try to dig into that Wonder Woman script a little bit. But uh, really looking forward to discuss that. And as always, make sure you head over to our good friend George Shaw's page at georgeshawmusic.com. You hear his tunes at the beginning and the end of every episode of this show, and we thank him every week for his contributions to our show. Absolutely. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this issue of DC Primetime. Of course, next week, join us. We'll be talking about the penultimates. So this is going to be the true test as to where these finales are going to go. But uh, I'm confident after this week that we're, we're going to be seeing some credible finales from all, of, all three of these shows. Uh, I have no doubts about that. Uh, thank you once again for being a listener of the podcast, for being a part of the community online if you are. And if you don't, uh, we encourage you to do so. Comment, like, message us. We try to reply as quickly as possible. And, of course, spread the word of the podcast to everybody that you know who is a fan of these DC shows uh, as we still continue to uh, build an audience and... Um, uh, you know, continue to do some great things with you guys as well. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this week's issue of DC Primetime. Until next week, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs>